Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney for your match review of the 1-1 draw against Young Boys in the Champions League. Match day six, I think it all, before the game, I was sort of kind of excited, obviously, to see the 10 news and thought that early goal by Mason Greenwood would type of sort of open up the floodgates and we'll see a very exciting performance. I think it did peter out into what many of us feared and many of us sort of predicted that always potentially does happen on a match day six when one team is already through. But I've got George with us um, from the Medianite Supporters Club here. And I was just going to touch on goalkeepers. We were just touching on air in terms of who made the debuts and we're talking about the young players coming on. But obviously Tom Heaton made a debut. And um, we'll start on there. We'll get over and done with them. It was very good to see Tom Heaton come on the field. But um, what did you make of that sub? Because Ralph Rangnick has sort of come out and spoken about, well, he didn't know that Tom Heaton hadn't made his debut yet. Like he, should, he was at the club earlier and he's been back and he was under the impression that he played games for Man United. When he heard that he was still yet to make his debut, he said, well, if the time comes and the game's sort of petering out kind of thing, I'll throw him on the field. So um, just your thoughts on that because it's a weird one because it kind of took away another – look, at the end of the day, it was his debut as well, but it almost took away a sub which prevented another player coming on. Um, just your thoughts. It was a nice sentiment, but just it was a weird one. I just did not expect it. Oh, Personally, in a way, once um, I saw you and Larry talking about it on yet, I think it was on Tuesday's preview for this game, and you were saying that Tom Heaton may get a chance because Henderson's future may be away from United. But in saying that, yes, it is a nice gesture from Ranić. But at the end of the day, there are five. There are only five subs, or I say only, but five. Mm. There are five subs. Some someone's going to miss out on a debut, and I'm glad to see Heaton get it. He's been a whether he's played from club or not, he's been a very good servant. And it's I'm glad to see him rewarded with that and did all right when he came on. Yeah, no, you have to be proud. We're, we're sort of so excited and so sort of proud of these young players who come on, which we'll touch on at the end. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's his debut for Manchester United, the club he loves. So it's obviously a very proud moment for him as well. Um, just some guys in the comments. Good to see a few in here. Justin from the Supporters Club. Hope you're well, mate. Good to see you. Rob as well from It's a Football Thing. He'll be live in about an hour or 8.30 tonight. Rob, feel free to leave a um, link to that chat, uh, link to that video in the chat. Obviously, a good week on It's a Football Thing when Chelsea and Arsenal both lose and United um, progress. Um, morning, Jamie, or evening here from one of our fellow listeners in Northern Ireland. Hope you're keeping well. Favourite kit, the 98-99 kit. Thank you to good mate Michael who sorted this. And obviously, Mike, um, evening, mate. Hope you are keeping well. So remember, if you are new, please leave a subscribe. That would be great. And then please leave a like on the video. But make sure you get all your comments in. I'm sure when we get to three, two, ones for this one, George, it'll be very interesting viewing where I'm definitely going to need help. So make sure everyone is getting your comments in before the three, two, ones. But I'll tell you when we're getting up to those. But team selection, George, we always start on the team selection. And it was a weird one because before the game, we are thinking, okay, it's going to go one or two ways. He's going to shock everyone and be sort of a very strong team and play all the big guns and sort of get familiar with the players. Or we thought there could be 11 changes. And if those 11 changes did occur, many of us did come very close to predicting, okay, maybe not the where the whereabouts on the pitch, but in terms of the personnel, I know you got 10 out of 11 picks. I think Larry might have got nine or 10. I think I got nine. So I think a lot of us did pick the personnel, but I don't think anyone had to man your manager centre-back or one matter playing in number six. So just your thoughts on that team selection and um, yeah, an hour before kickoff, what were your thoughts? I was glad to see a heavily rotated team, to be honest, if there was any game where it could have happened because it had to be now because we were knocked out of the League Cup quite early. I don't think we could see a team like this until potentially the third round of the FA Cup where um, since we've last gone to air, it's been announced that um, it's going to be Villa that's our opposition in that game. So um, looking forward to getting up one up on Gerrard. But in, say, in oh, saying that... Don't remind me of Gerrard, yeah. 
Uh, I think they, I think they got Liverpool this week, don't they? I think they're yeah, they do. Liverpool. Yeah, they do. That'll be interesting viewing. But, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was happy to I was happy to see a heavily rotated side, and a chance for these players to impress Ranić because, after all, Ranić's only been at the club for one week, so if he wants to gauge an idea of where each player is at, who can I work with, who do I not want there, who needs to go on loan, he needs to have seen these players in a match day environment. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. However, do you think, and yes, getting these players minutes, and I think that was the main thing, especially which we'll touch on one matter's performance a little bit later, but okay, Nemanja Matic at centre-back, could you, like, do you agree with that, just getting someone on there for minutes, or do you think there was a little bit of sort of shoehorning people in there where it could have been a far better sort of balanced side um, with players in their preferred positions? Um, it's I do think Matic did all right at centre-back, but in, if, it, if with regards to shoehorning players... That potentially may have been the case, but in saying that, I do think if there were two fit centre backs, I do I don't think we would have seen Matic deployed as a centre back. I think he was a bit hesitant to play Mengi from the start, and as we saw when Mengi came on, it wasn't a centre back; it was at left back. So otherwise, I don't I don't see any problem with his team selection. Yeah, no, no, no problem with me. It was just, it was just a weird one. Maybe not the personnel, but um, yeah, the lineup, and I, I was. Quite excited to see, and I thought the first half an hour was quite um sort of exciting football, and I thought it was a good continuation of the Crystal Palace match. Maybe not as exciting, but um was on the front foot. I thought the intent was there, but I think a lot of it came down to which we'll touch on individual performance. A lot of the disjointedness came from um, a lack of match fitness and lack of familiarity. Sort of just comes with game time. But a few comments here, Ian. Hope you're keeping well, mate. Um, good to see you in the chat. Rob saying we're so happy with the lineup and Benj, all big players rested for the weekend, which is at the end of the day the main thing. Regardless, it was a good performance. Did this player get minutes? I think the main thing is Ronaldo or Bruno, all these players, whatever you think of McTominay and Fred, they're our main two in midfield. They got a rest, etc. Um, very important. Ian also saying good to see the young lads, which we will definitely touch on at the end. Um, Jamie Foley was still in charge. We'll probably only have rotated two or three players. Glad most. I've got a rest coming um, up to the busy period. Yeah, not only the Norwich game um, this weekend, but obviously the week, the weeks and months ahead. Um, you do need to do sort of plan into the future. But yeah, um, it would have been interesting. I think if Solskjaer put out that team selection, George, I don't think he would have rotated as heavily. But even if he did have put out that team selection, could you imagine the criticism? We're all here saying, "Oh, that's interesting." He put Matter in the six or Matic at centre back. If Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did that, he would have been absolutely crucified. So it's interesting how we do sort of view it. But just a point here from um, Justin. Lingard looked like a player who knew he was out on the way in January, and a few people have made that point. We'll, we'll, just, we'll get into individual performances, but I haven't made a note of Lingard, but we might as well touch on him now. I did get that feel, and it's not – he tries hard. I'm not, not saying he's sort of down tools or anything, but just the perception I had, yeah, he was thinking, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll play, but my heart's not 100% in it. Personally, I've had that feel about him since he scored that West Ham, that West Ham winner. I Since then, I don't believe – not that he, ha- as you said, not that he hasn't tried. It's just feel like he's he's mine somewhere else. And I feel like once his contract situation is sorted, whether it be with United or with another club, I do feel as though that'll give him some freedom. Because one of those things now where he's approaching 29, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Any injury could hamper potentially with the calibre of club that he's able to go to. And depending on that club, with his aspirations for the World Cup in a year's time. 
Yeah, the World Cup, we always forget about that because it's obviously coming at a weird time. We always expect it to be at the end of the season, but um, it does throw an interesting dynamic, and not only just for the natural transfer window, how it unfolds, but in terms of how the, how players sort of how they um oops we'll restart later how they plan their seasons in terms of well can I get another six months out of this club then I'll well I can stay at this club for another six months before I get my move because there'll be that big break during the mid season so it'll be an interesting dynamic but um just pointy before we move on to another performance but Mike saying interesting to hear Ralph saying Greenwell needs to develop more as an athlete good to see him being pushed developed I think that's the not a concern we have with Greenwell but Larry and I have made this point and I think a lot of people make this point. You do look at Mason Greenwood, he has it all. Fantastic, but he still looks like a kid. I think he has he has bulked up a little bit now, which will, which will come with natural progression in terms of his age. But, yeah, he still looks like, especially when he's a lone striker or when he's playing up front, he does look like a young kid playing up front sometimes against, obviously, young boys had quite a big team from the, the players that I saw. They were quite physical, so he does need to do that. But that'll come. I remember we made the point with Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not saying he's going to be Ronaldo 2.0. But when Ronaldo first came to a club, same age, had the exact same issues, very thin. Marcus Rashford had the same thing. So Greenwood will fill out just naturally. But obviously, maybe with the club and Rangnick's approach, maybe they will fast-track that in terms of a specific training program, whether that be in the gym or recovery, who knows? They know far more about it than me. But, George, before we get into some individual performances and 3-2-1s, just the performance, because regardless of the good result against Crystal Palace, I think what pleased most people was the performance. It was good. It was attack and it was on the front foot. As Ralph Rangick said, it was controlled both in attack and defence. I thought the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes was not as good, but a continuation. You could understand a drop-off because of the the change in personnel and our so-called weaker plays. You could understand it wasn't going to be as sort of free-flowing. But it did drop off after that first half hour. Do you think that was just lesser players not being as good or it was down to what I have a feeling? just match fitness. Uh, some of the players just tired out after that first 30 minutes of sort of high-intensity pressing. It was naturally there was going to be a drop-off. I agree with you on that. Like, I even noticed in the Palace game, first half, fantastic, Geigen pressing, closing off all the passing lanes. The second half, we were gassed, and we didn't mm-hmm. weren't doing it as effectively. Yes, the first 20 minutes was a continuation of the Palace game, maybe not to a, as much a, as high quality yet, but that's what you get when it's a second team out there. But after the first 20 to 30, what I do like about our performance is that even though we weren't able to press at that same intensity, cut off all the passing lanes, we didn't just unnecessarily press and make duels and try and try and force something that wasn't there. We did hold compact. Young boys, while they did have most of that possession in the second half, do you really remember any clear-cut chances they had? So, look, it's not a game I'm going to be going back and watching highlights of. Um, remember, they did get in a few sort of dangerous positions. Um, Dean Henderson, not in a, he didn't wasn't forced into sort of world-class saves, but he had a little bit to do. But, yeah, I had the same feeling that it was quite – it wasn't backs to the wall. Oh, my God, what young boys are going to score at any time here? It definitely wasn't that feeling. It was a little bit – not not control in the way Ralph Rangie does want, but it was a little bit more controlled there. But before we we'll, – just touch on one or two performances before we get into the three, two, ones, and I'll just throw this name up first, George, because I have a feeling, or I can guarantee he's not going to feature in the three, two, ones. Make sure you get your comments in the live chat and share your opinions opinions on this guy. Not just his performance, but looking forward to the future. Aaron Wan Bissaka. Um, it was not his day, George. Um, and an interesting dynamic into this one is obviously Diogo Delo's form. And when Ralph Rangit came in, it was a big question marks and a, a genuine discussion, and right, rightfully so who's going to be the right back going forward because Diego Delo obviously has attributes that Aaron Wan-Bissaka doesn't have. I'm just thinking before we throw Delo into the argument, just your thoughts on Wan-Bissaka's performance and why it was so 
don't know what the word is, why it was so bad. There's no hiding from the fact that Juan Bissaka was poor today. On the ball, he was challenged, struggled to put together a 10-yard pass. My analogy is, I guess it was like Fred at right back, didn't make, didn't really put in a tackle, just ran around and couldn't complete a pass. But so you, at, you could have got a gig at our, on our supporters club game on Sunday, some of the passing from some of our fullbacks. Oh, it's a bit harsh on Vinny. He made a couple of tackles, made a couple of good passes. But as for Juan Bissaka on the whole, yes, he's been in a bit of a rough patch of form. And does Diogo Dello deserve the first team right back spot at the moment? Yes, based on current form. Yes, he does. But overall, my opinion on the right back debate is when push comes to shove, it is easier to teach Juan Basaka how to play a five-yard pass or control the ball or cross the ball than it is to actually teach Delo how to defend. When we when we go on to play against, let's say, a better team, so let's say we play Chelsea again some, whenever that is next year, or City or Liverpool, and let's say we got Pulisic or Mo Salah, or, or it would be Mane on the left, or we got Grealish running at our right back. Do you feel more comfortable with Diogo Dallo or Aaron Wan-Bissaka? It's that's, think, that's the conundrum that gets thrown up. Well, that, that's the thing. And uh, I made this point in regards to Solskjaer and Ranwick, um, Ralph Rangnick after his first win. I was thinking, okay, it's good to be excited, but let's just calm down in terms of there was one win against Palace. And it's what I've said in regards to Wan-Bissaka and Dallo in regards to I'm all aboard the praise of Diogo Dallo. He fully deserves that. And it's his spot to lose now. I think at the moment he deserves that first choice position in terms of not just the last couple of weeks, but Wan-Bissaka's season. In general, I, I sort of understand that. However, I'm looking at it now and think Diego Delos had two good, two good performances, not great performances, two solid performances. And I'm thinking that's we shouldn't just be saying, okay, sell Aaron Wan-Bissaka now. I, I think, and that is sort of what I feel is happening amongst the fan base. I think everyone is going, well, Diego Delos first choice now. Wan-Bissaka is woeful. And I'm just thinking, let's say Norwich have a left winger. It wouldn't shock you when we've seen Diego Delos have to defend very likely the winger will get the better of him. And suddenly we're going to be sitting here in two two or three days' time saying, well, hang on, Delo can't defend. Let's get Wan-Bissaka back in the team after everyone's been telling him that he needs to be sold a couple of days earlier. So I just think heap the praise on Diego Delo 100% and Wan-Bissaka needs criticising. However, calm it down a little bit. I think we need to just keep it slow on Diego Delo because we have all seen him defend. And a couple of weeks ago we were saying he's the worst defend one-on-one defender at this club. Suddenly, he's the answer at right back. So, just your thoughts on moving forward with Delo and Wambasaka? I think what works in Delo's favour at the moment is that we do have a kind run of fixtures coming up where we are going to be playing a lot on the front foot. And given that, where minimal defending is going to be required, quote unquote, Delo's attributes are going to be more preferred because more often than not, we will be on the ball, we will be going forward. And to have an easy outlet for our centre-backs who are going to be playing high up the field. We need a full-back who's going to be able to be comfortable on the ball and progress it forward, which is what Delo is very good at. However, with regards to his defensive ability, I, I really would be interested to see what happens the next time we come up against a quality opposition. Of course, um, cast your mind back to the Villarreal game where Arnaud Danjuma put him on toast for 90 minutes. And to be fair to Danjuma, he did play pretty well against us when Bournemouth beat us 1-0. I'm sorry to bring that up, but other, uh, once again, d- I would not put a line through Juan Bissaka yet. As I've continuously said, the thing with Juan Bissaka is the reason why I feel as though he may not have improved um, in his time at the club, which um, is a point that 
you and Larry have made previously, and the point has come up in the comments, not to not to have this as a stick to beat Ole with, but he was never dropping plays for poor or undesirable performances. So when wan mm-hmm. is playing pretty much every game, and regardless of a 10 out of 10 or 2 out of 10 performance, he wasn't getting dropped. Naturally, you're not going to improve because you know that spot is guaranteed for you. You're not being pushed to. It's very unlikely. And now with that competition, he has seen that what he is expected of him, both with and without the ball. And I think that's what Ranić coming to United and Dallow's rise in form is going to provide. Almost like O'Shaw and Tellers, but on the other side. It's interesting now in terms of our first choice fullbacks in Shaw and Wambasaka. Now, in a lot of people's minds, second choice fullbacks behind Tellers and Dallow. But just a couple of comments here. Rob saying, bad day at the office for Wambasaka. Be interested now that there's someone to challenge him for his position as a one-on-one defender, Aaron wins. But for attacking and crossing, it's Dallow all day. And Wes makes the point here, first time Wambasaka has had pressure on him for it to perform due to Dallow's form. And that's a good thing. At the mo- As much as we're criticising Wan-Bissaka, we do have to take the positives from it and think that it is a good thing. But just this, on this last point... I just, I just, just to... first... Yeah, Abad's oh, point, that's that's what yeah. I wanted to bring up. If we were a team that was as dominant on, on the front foot as Liverpool week in, week out, we can have a right back like that that's suspect mm. defensively because the reality is the amount of defending you have to do is quite minimal. Yeah, no, I think that the way in terms of looking forward and hoping and predicting how it should go under Ralph Rangiem, maybe that is why, okay, maybe in the short term we might need to sort of suffer a little bit as we get used to the system and if Diego Delo is the first choice. But ultimately, if things go to plan and we develop into the team we want to be, maybe Delo will be that um, right back. Um, fingers crossed. So I do like he obviously does add a lot to the team in terms of going forward. But um, it will be interesting. Obviously, we're playing a one of the other Man United full actually, well, he'll be cup to, not cup-tied. But I assume he won't be eligible to play in Brandon Williams, another fullback or uh, Man United fullback this week. But I think he has been playing quite well, not well, but um, he's been an important player in the last couple of weeks for Norwich, I think, from all reports. But um, yeah, I don't think Brandon Williams does have a future at Man United, unfortunately. I do like him, but yeah, just one of those things. Now, next one, before we get into actually, not even three, two, ones, there's two more players. Eric Bay. I think a lot of people will have him as three, two, their three points. And. Look, I'm not going to argue. I, I don't think anyone really stands out as a th- three points this week. However, I'm not sold on it. I, I thought, yes, when you watch the individual battles, the duels, the tackling, the defending, the last-ditch headers, the clearances, which is he's there to do. Fantastic. I thought he, I thought he did all that very well. Um, you can't fault him for that. Did his job 100%. Credit to him and did it very well. I thought so much of our play was disjointed because of Eric Bay. The amount of time we sit here as fans, we know Demandy Matic is left-footed. We know Aaron Wan-Bissaka is right-footed. Aaron, um, so many times Eric Bay had the ball and he's passed to Aaron Wan-Bissaka's left foot. So many times he had the ball and he passes to Demandy Matic's right foot. Just think these little things slow the play down. So many times one matter and Donny Van der Beek got into a position where they could see the player, they could see Eric Bay on the ball and they could see their next pass. They were open. They're screaming for the ball off Bay. Bay stops, rolls the ball under his studs, does a little turn. Suddenly the midfielder is closed. Eric Bay then puts the ball into midfield to one matter. One matter loses the ball, and it looks like one matter's mistake. And you think, well, hang on, if the ball came five seconds earlier, it would have been a little bit easier, and sort of yeah, the pitcher was in the mind for midfield. So ultimately, in the engaged moments of defending, Eric Bay looked very good and did his job well. But I just think going forward, some of the slow passages of play were down. And maybe part of it was obviously a very sort of unique central defensive part, a central defence partnership in regards to Bay and Matic. We've never seen that before. So you have to allow him a little bit of leeway and like with other plays, not entirely match fit. But um, I thought going forward, um, it was a bit of a concern for United. But just how do you rate his performance? 
I thought it was pretty solid, to be honest. Um, I'm a bit old-fashioned in the sense that regardless of whether it's a centre-back or a full-back, a defender's first job is to defend, and he did that quite well. As With regards to how he is on the ball, though, I do think it is a bit more important for a centre-back than it is for the full-backs because when progressing the ball into midfield, if that ball is given away and the ball is lost and turned over, that can often result in a very clear-cut chance or a goal. And ultimately, we saw that happen just before half time. But as for his footballing intelligence, we all know he doesn't have much of it. We, we, we've seen him last year doing a bicycle kick in his own, own box twice or doing a Cruyff turn against Chelsea, which luckily came off. But yeah, regard- I, I think for me, after seeing that performance, I just think, yeah, good in moments. But I think ultimately, I see a fourth choice centre back there. And that's not to be too harsh on him, but I didn't see anything there that says, okay, he should be playing ahead of Varane, Lindelof or Maguire now. Now, you can maybe put him over Maguire in form, but ultimately, do you, do we, can you put your money on Eric Bay being fit for Sunday? Like, There's a very good chance he's going to be injured. Now, hopefully not. Hopefully he does stay fit because you do need numbers, especially coming into this part of the season. But uh, I, I don't see a manager and the evidence that we have um, at the moment um, he wasn't sort of trusted by Rangik in that first game against Crystal Palace. The evidence we have from previous managers is they will favour other centre-backs over Eric Bay. So for me, I, I see a performance that some people get excited about. But for me, I see he probably did a good job as a fourth-choice centre-back, come in and do a very good job, which he did today. Um, ultimately, could have been better, in my opinion. But I think a lot of... The, maybe the reason I'm so... Not frustrated, but so passionate about this one, I think a lot of people will have him as three points. And I don't think I could bring myself to agree with that. I personally don't have him as as my three points, but I do think he's within a shout for one point, in my opinion. Oh, no, no, definitely in terms of the way the game panned out, I have to give him points. Um, I think he ultimately was good. Um, as you say, he's a defender. He had to defend. Um, fair play to him. I just think going forward, I think, um, yeah, he let us down a little bit. But one person, before we get into the 3 ones who we have to talk about because I've been calling for him to play for about six years, uh, one matter got a run. And I think a lot of us did predict one matter would come into the team don't think anyone predicted him to come into a two-man midfield or even the number six at times. I just just want your thoughts on the performance because a lot of people saying he always woeful. That's why we shouldn't be playing him. He, sh- he should have been sold or should have left the club type thing. Look, I understand the frustrations and everything, but I think at the end of the day we do have to have to be realistic and consider things. He hasn't played since I think it was. I know he came on against Villarreal, but he walked on the field and walked off. He hasn't played since West Ham in the League Cup. I think that was his first game since Wolves last season. So that was his first game since May. The guy just simply has not played. And then you throw him into a Champions League game in a two-man midfield where he has never played that before in his whole career. And I know we've spoken about maybe he does suit a midfield role. I don't think we've ever talked about a midfield two and sort of sitting a little bit deeper almost as a number six. Um, I think we sort of talk about a more advanced eight role type thing with protection in behind him. So to come into a completely new role, completely sort of match fit, with players who aren't sort of familiar with him in terms of that style, I think it was always going to be a little bit of a hard game for one matter. And ultimately, while, yeah, he didn't set the world on fire, I wouldn't call him bad, I wouldn't call him good. I think it was just sort of a standard performance. I think a lot of our best attacking play or best attacking moments came off the back of his passes. Now, that's not to say he was had a great performance, but I just think it was just one of those. Uh, the way I read it, it was good. He came in, gave Freddie McTominay rest. Um, good use of the squad, in my opinion. That's why I'd view that sort of appearance by matter. I agree with that in saying that I do believe he was rusty. If I had to rate Matter's performance out of 10, it's probably five and a half or a six because for someone who is so fantastic on the ball, he did have an abnormally large amount of misplaced passes. But that for me comes with a lack of match fitness. 
and that you could, that he's not the only one that was out there you could say that about with regards to whether he should still be at the club or not. In my opinion, if he's going to be used that sporadically, probably not, but he's a, been a loyal servant of the club. I'm very happy with how he's played for the club nine times out of ten when he has played. So it's one of those things that if the player wants to stay there, I'm more than happy to accommodate him because that he is one player that is very unique in our squad and we don't really have anyone like him. And as you say, he's won everything in the game except the league title. And players with that mentality are much needed in the dressing room. Yeah, no, a few people here. I'd put his rust, um, performance of Matt Sane here down to rust as well. And yeah, and I think the one thing you do call from what Matt or see from him is his pass accuracy and how careful he is. And that's one of the, probably one thing that did let him down today. There was a few sloppy passes. And yeah, you just had to put that down to, or he did some class passes, agree. But he was rusty, but um, you hope now, or my hope for him, obviously, because I'm a big fan, you hope it's not six months before his next appearance. You hope maybe game around Boxing Day he's, he's in and around the sort of match day squad again type thing. We do need to sort of keep him in the loop. You just can't play a player for the first time in weeks and expect a good performance. You do need to give them minutes throughout um, the calendar. So they're ready to hit the ground running. But, George, that time of the episode, and make sure you get your live um, or your comments in down in the live chat for three two ones because we're going to need some serious help with this one. Three, two, ones. Where to start? I just saw one comment here to get the ball rolling just from Justin before other people get theirs in. Um, three points for Greenwood. Um, can't go past that goal. Two for Ahmad and one for Eric Bay. I thought Ahmad was a weird one. I thought he was quite poor, but but he was an outlet. He almost looked really threatening. But again, his first goal, first game in what feels like a year type thing, like it, was, it was really sort of hard to expect too much from him. But um, three points were a weird one. Where do you want to start? I think I agree with Justin. For me, with the goal, it would probably be Mason Greenwood for me. I thought he did play well. Um, he, he was a threat. He looked the most, and it sounds stupid because he was. He was the most experienced attacker on the field. When you call Anthony Langer and a mad of players like that, I thought he did show experience compared to those players. And um, ultimately, with the goal, did well. And um, just your thoughts on Greenwood and slash the three points. I thought Greenwood, given his role in the team today, as a let's let's call him a target man and. Even running off for Langer to some extent, he did both roles really well. Brilliant finish for the goal, it must be said. If that was in a more important game, we'd be talking about it. But mm. personally, is he my three points? Um, he would No, he's not. He would be my two points, Mason Greenwood. For three points, I would actually have given it to Matic. Given the circumstances, playing in an unfamiliar role, I actually thought him and Eric Bayer complemented each other very well. You talk about the importance of progression of the ball from the back into midfield. Matic and Van der Beek worked very well together in that respect. And defensively, Matic was really solid as well. Wasn't, apart from his one brain explosion where he's um, kicking the ball up to himself 10 metres in the air and trying to head it back. <laughs> he, was, um, he was actually Eric very Bay, good. Eric Bay um, was rubbing off of, on him there. But Matic is an interesting shout because the first half or first 60 minutes, I would have agreed. But then I think that last half hour, I think that last half hour, he became not a problem. But um, you saw that one was two times where he obviously did juggle the ball to himself. There was another time where he just fell over the ball, which was very reminiscent of some of our plays in our charity game on Sunday, just standing there and sort of tripping over the ball. And I thought the Manny Matic on another day really would have cost us. But I couldn't agree with that for three points for Matic. I think the, I'm happy just, to give it to Greenwood. I'm well, happy well to some comments here. Um, Rob saying three for a Mason goal. Yeah, the, the goal was important for me, and I thought the goal would open up the floodgates, but um, didn't eventuate. And Matt doesn't agree with the Nemanja Matic shout. Neither does and, Matt, um, uh, Rob or Vin to that. Yeah, I think he gets oh, a yeah. on this one, George. Matic was behind Aaron Wambasaka for worst. No, no one challenges Aaron Wambasaka. I thought that was his worst. He's playing a red shirt. But um, Vin, good to see you, man. Um, Matic was bad. I don't think. 
I think everyone's maybe a little bit harsh in the comments, George. I'll definitely not have him as the three points, but I think he was good today. But I think he was good at that first hour, that last half hour, in terms of the frustration of being under the pump and defending and not being able to go get that goal. I think that last half hour stands out in the minds of fans, thinking well, it wasn't really good from Matic. But ultimately, as you say, which I said with one matter, he's coming into an unfamiliar position for the first time in a while with a, at the end of the day, a very unreliable centre-back partner in Eric Bay. For me, Mason Green with three points. I, I want to be stuck there. A lot, of, a lot of people have put that in the discussion for three points. Um, we'll go with Mason Greenwood. Give me your thoughts. I might I might consider Nemanja Matic for one point, as you're the guest, but two points, as much as I've just criticised him, Eric Bay, I thought, defended well. I think in, in another situation, um, if those balls come into the box and it's Nemanja Matic in that situation where Eric Bay found himself in, I think the, the striker might get the nod. And they might score a few goals. So I'm willing to maybe consider Eric Bay. But uh, a few people have sort of put in a shout for Ahmad Diallo. Um Personally, I, I actually reckon I actually reckon Ahmad was the one that was quite poor today. Once again, yeah. not not entirely his fault. It was his first game all season, and first game that he's probably played for us since the Wolves game at the end. And he's he's a shout, Luke Shaw. And, I, oh, actually, no. that's that's the one I wanted to bring up. Shaw, I thought had he played more than I reckon would have been in contention for my one point, had, cons, considering he only played an hour. But that hour was actually quite solid, both with and without the ball, and a good cross to Greenwood. I think that's what I can give one. Give him the cross. Uh, other than that, I'm not looking at solid enough. Um, for me, like on the right-hand side, I think Tellez has now... Delo's taken the right-hand spot. And for me, I think Tellez is first choice on the left-hand side now. But ultimately, he did get that assist. And Rob, I, I need I need some help. He's saying we're clutching tonight. Usually, we're clutching after like a 5-0 loss to Liverpool or 2-0 to City type thing. It's not usually after drawing the Champions League. We're really clutching for 3-2-1s. But we are struggling. And um, I don't know. Do, do, do you want to throw a name forward? Okay, we've got Greenwood with three points. I'm thinking the names there. Actually, I'll throw a shout. I'm not saying he's worthy of points. This is how much we are clutching at straws. Dean Henderson, a few not big saves, really? but no, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm clutching at straws, but there's a few. I remember shots that came in with a little bit of pepper on them. He had to get his body behind. Definitely not worthy of points. But as we're saying, we are struggling. Oh, I'm mad. A bit harsh on Van der Beek. I thought, he, apart from the goal, I thought he was quite positive. Actually, yeah, well, that's the thing. Van der Beek, we haven't really discussed him. I thought considering his role as well, a two-man midfield with Juan Mata, who's not the ideal partner to have in there, he got through a lot of work. Ultimately, you take away that assist for the young boys' goal. I think we're having a far different discussion about Van der Beek's performance. Yeah, for sure. Like What he did that was so effective is he was always playing as the most defensive-minded player out of the four centre midfielders that we had. He was very good at progressing the ball and got it forward straight away with a ridiculously accurate pass ac- or high pass accurate, I should say, completed more more tackles and more passes than anyone else on the pitch. So he was putting himself about. He progressed the ball quite well and broke up play very well. And what more can you ask from a centre midfielder? Yeah, definitely. Well, apart, the comments apart, were... from that one, apart from that one mistake... I thought yeah. it was. Oh, no, good. that happens on, on another day. That guy shoots wide or hits the post, and we're not talking about that mistake. Ultimately, the mistake does prove costly, but it's a hard one. But the chat's all over the place in regards to three point, three points, and two points. And um, I have no idea. As you're the guest, um, I've pulled rank and said Mason Greenwood for three points. Now, yeah. don't upset the chat too much, but I'll give you the honours of doing two points and one point. Um, if you're feeling brave enough to throw Maddie in there, feel free. Um, you can feel the wrath. I think comments, ba- but um, think, Green for three points and I think two based and one on, I think based on how the game panned out, I'm happy with Bailly for two points. 
because once again we we were defending non-stop we were defending non-stop and oh towards that back end and as for one point like with the players for me that are left over yes i am going to cop hate in the comments for me that what stood up stood out about Matic was that first 40 that first 45 we we were so, we looked very composed bringing the ball out of the back he was defensively solid about for, apart from that um dribbling the ball up and down or juggling in his own half and almost, mm. you know, um, putting it on a platter for a counter-attack and the struggle defensively. You have, to, you have to excuse him. If you're playing next to Eric Bay for 90 minutes, it's going to have to come a time where you get the ball and you're just going to try and match uh, him with the juggle. The, the, other, the other players I would have thrown up for that one point are Shaw, if you haven't given him points already, which I don't believe we have. Van der Bake, apart from his one mistake, I thought was very good. And yeah, that, that would be my three players in contention for one point. Yeah, no, okay, well, I'll give the baby for two points. And for me, I, I think considering the job he had to do, um, I'll maybe go with Donny van der Beek for one point. Um, it was I, a tough I'm, job. In- I'm definitely happy with that because, as I said earlier, he did complete the most passes, made the most tackles, and did so with a very good accuracy. And it, as the most defensive by the player in that midfield, he did everything. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, yeah, we finally got to the end of that. Um, it was a little bit of a challenge, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely an enjoyable one. But um, it was great to see everyone in the chat getting their 3-2-1s in. It made no sense to me. I'm seeing points for Lingard, one Bissaka type thing. It is all over the shop. But I do appreciate the interaction. Wayne here um, from Cape Town in South Africa. It's a great show, gentlemen. I um, appreciate the support, Wayne. I uh, hope you're keeping well. Now, that was obviously the 3-2-1s. Remind me when we go off air to write those down because I'll always forget... Um, who we did award the points to, but just, just quickly to touch on as we wrap up um, the debuts. Obviously, we touched on Tom Heaton getting his debut. Didn't feel like one, but at the end of the day, it was a debut for old Tom Heaton. But two ones, um, we'll touch on Charlie Savage first. Obviously, a lot of people, maybe before your time, in terms of catching the tail end of Robbie Savage's career um, at the sort of various clubs he went to, but obviously a lot of people do forget he was a member of the class of 92. Robbie Savage had a sort of very good youth career and I was, I was on the verge of making a first team appearance but he never quite got there for Man United under Sir Alex Ferguson never quite got on onto the bench but he sort of let the ba- let the cat out of the hat a little bit earlier in the day yesterday putting a tweet out saying this is the proudest day of my life type thing which everyone knew okay that meant Charlie Savage because he'd been put on the European the UEFA B list okay Charlie Savage was going to be on the bench and ultimately he was on the bench and ultimately came on but what made it so good I don't know if you watched it George but did see the interview um, before the match Robbie Savage was interviewed, I think, by a Rio Ferdinand type thing. He was commentating for BT Sport. So not only did he get to watch um, Charlie's debut, but he was his father was actually commentating on the game. So did you see that interview with Robbie Savage? And ultimately, just your thoughts on him coming on in front of, on, in front of his dad? Yeah, I did, I did actually see that. It was uh, very heartwarming as a United fan to see that. Um, as, for, um, as for Charlie Savage in general, same thing with Zidane Iqbal. Yes, both very... Young promising players, as pointed out by Matt in the comments, but ultimately I do see Garner and Levitt as a, as if there are going to be any potential successes in that area. That's who it will be. Both are obviously on loan at the moment. Actually, that is my one shout. Looking for not that we have sort of made these predictions yet, but if I'm going to put out a shout in terms of when we're talking about January transfer windows, I'm not sure what the legality of his contract situation is with his loan. But my one shout um, out of the box would be James Garner to return from loan. 
if Ralph Rangi does want to bring in a number six and can't quite get one in the transfer market, I would not be shocked if James Gardner returns. Now, I'm not sure if that's possible. I'm not sure what the details of his situation is on, on loan, but I think that would be interesting to see. But you mentioned the other name there, and Zidane um, Iqbal. It's an interesting one because obviously a very proud moment, just as Charlie Savage, but it's an interesting one with him because he becomes only a handful of players across the Premier League, but obviously Man United's first ever um, British Asian player to represent the club and um, obviously a huge milestone for him and sort of that community. Yeah, for sure. It's always always nice when you see someone that is the first of a particular group to do something. So fair play to him. I'm sure he's um, put himself in high regards across the board in many aspects of his community and the wider football community. And both, I guess, in terms of how they played, didn't really have a chance to do too much, but a couple of nice tuss- touches and um, held safe. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I don't think you can read anything or performance like that. You just have to appreciate the moment for what it is in terms of coming on the field. And um, Ian here saying, yeah, love Robbie Savage. I think Robbie Savage, he got, a, he got a hard run at the end of his career in terms of the type of play he was and sort of the way the media and sort of opposition fans did treat him. But if you go back and look at a career of a footballer and a professional footballer, Robbie Savage had a great career. Okay, he didn't reach the heights of winning trophies or getting on the bench or making appearances for Man United, but he went and had a very good career. And, um, yeah, I think everyone does have a lot of respect for Robbie Savage, especially around Man United. Um, I can see a bit of a midfield debate occurring in the comments between um, Amad and me and... Um, I'll just read this one out. I've been following it, but I'm out here saying, Ian, Fred and Scott uh, bust their asses every game, leave nothing in the tank, a misplaced pass here. Um, a misplaced pass here and there doesn't faze me. Bruno misplaces the majority of his passes, but no one bats an eye. And the reason no one bats an eye, well, maybe they are bad in the eyes now, but um, after all these misplaced passes, he does end up putting one in the top corner, which does make all forgiven. But when he doesn't put those in the top corner, that is when those passes do become I feel like more just, frustrated. I know it's a bit to- off topic, but just quickly with Bruno, it's one of those things that... The way he plays, he's either going to be an uh, 8 to 9 or 10 out of 10 or a 1 to 2 out of 10 and nothing in between because that's just the nature of the way that he plays. When it comes off, great. If not, we have to back our defence to be able to back the, to um, defend it. And otherwise, unfortunately, this year just hasn't been the case, which is why it's been highlighted a bit more. And as for Vin's comment, um, people lost their shit when Lingard assisted for young boys in the first game they mentioned about Vanderbeek. My response to that would be Lingard came on, didn't didn't really do much in that game. His one contribution was the assist. Vanderbeck yeah, today that's a bad mistake by Lingard. I remember Van, that, that was, Van, was Vanderbeck Van today was yes, he's at fault for the goal, but he was given the ball as you were talking about by Bailly at a at a situation where he he yeah. taken so much time on the ball that Vanderbeck was crowded under pressure. Not excuse me, Vanderbeek's touch. If that falls to Van on the whole, his performance, he was arguably in contention for three points, was it were it not for that mistake? Yeah, I, th- I think ultimately looking back as I'll say that falls to Vanderbeek in an attacking situation, or Bruno Fernandez, or let's say Fred, even on Fred's right foot, and they put that in the top corner. We're not talking about the opposition giving us the ball. We're talking about the fantastic strike. Sometimes you take take your hat off and say it was a cracking strike by even if De Gea was in goals. I don't think he's going to save it. So that um, was a very good strike from uh, Raider. Fair play to him. Yeah, no, I have to give credit to them. And look, we are Man United. We do what we want. We've given young boys four points in this group. We've sacked a manager, and we've still topped the group with a game to go. So, um, yeah, interesting situation how this Champions League is for um, sort of unfolded. And we'll we'll wrap up, and obviously we will. Touch on the Champions just League. Just a big congratulations. Glory. Just a big congratulations to the young boys. It's actually their most ever points in a Champions League group stage, and they got them all against us. 
that's a fair point, good statistic. But oh, I think fair play. I think they did play well in um, both games against us. And obviously, they did get a draw against Atalanta last time out. So they have done well. You have to give them credit. Fair play to them. But um, obviously, we'll touch on the Champions League draw. Obviously, we'll react to it whenever it happens. I think it might be next week sometime. But um, are you just assumed it's we've got PSG? Or is there anything else? Or just do you do you build, do you take anything out of that in terms of we're not just going to sit here and accuse you wafer of corruption? But at the end of the day, they have been found guilty of these things before. And I'm just thinking, it's just a coincidence. I, or do you feel we're going to get someone else? Oh, I would not be surprised if it's PSG at all. I know, I know UEFA do, do love a glamour tie, as, as we can see with their international qualifiers, where arguably Italy and Portugal are the be- two best teams going through the qualifiers, and they happen to be in the same pairing as each other. They do love a glamour tie, w- whether it's rigged or not, who knows, but... A Ronaldo versus Messi. I'm actually up for it. I think I think should we draw PSG? Oh, what a story it would be if we beat them. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones. The way I saw and look, PSG better than us. If, they, if we get and, against them, they're going to start favourites. However, the way I saw them play against Manchester City, if Ralph Rangnick by the time February, which when these fixtures happen, if Ralph Rangnick gets going, now obviously Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe will be motiva- motivated by the Champions League. But um, the way they played against, they don't like running. And um, if we have eleven players running their asses into the ground. I fancy us against PSG. But that's an interesting one. But yeah, a few people mentioned in Barcelona. Barcelona back down in the Europa League. I think more needs to be made of that. But also, yeah, there's th- these few things that are confirmed. We know we're going to get PSG. We know Manchester City are going to get Swindon Town or Colchester. That's the way it happens. But um, anything else before we wrap up? We might oh, have a preview that's... tomorrow night. Uh, me and Larry should be back on maybe previewing the Norwich game. So starting 11 predictions and everything as well. But um, yeah, last thoughts, George? Oh, loving all the Barcelona banter in the chat. Absolutely no sympathy from me about the shit that they're going through right now. We both had to sit through the 2009 and 11 Champions League finals where we were absolutely, well, maybe not so much 2009, but 2011, we were played off the park by arguably the best team in world football. So to see how the tides can turn, oh, it brings me great satisfaction. No, their time has definitely come. Um, Definitely. Just um, yeah, Rob saying here, um, good show, lads. Good to see you on again, George. Um, yeah, definitely good to have you back on. Also, George, with regards to Rob, as pl- as uh, earlier, he will be on at eight thirty tonight on the IFT podcast. Yep, um, I'll, I will. will. Be- yeah, I'm going to be tuning in just to give my st- two cents about buying um, Barcelona. Sorry, because I, I don't think enough is made of that. Could you imagine if United went into the Europa League as we did last year in terms of the outfall, the outcry, the drama that sort of unfolded? I think the same needs to be done against Barcelona. I, I no think Messi the or Messi. I just think the only thing that could top it is with how poor that they're going in La Liga. I don't want them to be sound in Europe entirely, but I want them in that Conference League. That would oh, that would make my season, regardless yeah. of what happens with United. Europa Conference League final, Barcelona versus Arsenal. Oh, uh, Glamour European Glamour rematch of the 06 Champions League final. Uh, definitely. But, um, as first said, European hope... trophy. Yeah, they haven't got one. But um, hopefully everyone did enjoy... Um, the video and the match review, obviously not the most sort of eventful game, but um, as I said, a few talking points which were sort of important to go through and obviously sort of stirred up many different opinions, whether 3-2-1s or even performances that didn't make the 3-2-1s stirred a lot of opinion tonight, which was very good. Appreciate everyone in the live chat. Um, make sure you do leave a like on the video if you haven't already, and if you are new, it'd be great if you could subscribe. We just passed 300, so it's good to keep that little ticker going. But um, George, a pleasure as always. And as I said, Larry and I are most likely will be back on tomorrow uh, previewing the Norwich game because, as I said, um, 
I think our fullback situation has changed now. I think our second choice fullbacks are now our first choice, and that adds a very interesting dynamic into how we how we're going to play football. So um, roll on Sunday. I think it was Saturday night game, George. I think it's four thirty uh, Sunday uh, morning. Sun, Sunday morning at four o'clock. Yeah, or yeah 4:30, lovely, so. lovely as always. But uh, we'll be up, no doubt. But um, yeah, tune in tomorrow night. We'll see you then. Hope everyone has a good night. Ciao.